Okay, my name is Melissa McKee. That is my family up there. Um, my husband, Josh, we've been married for nine years. We have three boys. The middle is Brayden. He is six. The one on your left is Brooks. He's four. He has yet to smile for a family photo in the four years of his life. He has red hair, so apparently that's like in the DNA to be like spicy. Um, and then my youngest is Nixon, and he is three years old. So my background is undergrad SMU. Do you have any ponies? No? No ponies? Oh, are you a pony? Okay, well, you can claim it. Undergrad SMU, and then I went to the Kanakek Institute with my sweet friend Sophie. I, okay, true confessions. I asked Sophie to be here as my security blanket. I was like, will you come? We're in community together. She also served with me in children's ministry at Watermark. And so part of our job description was to create activities for Sunday morning. So we did that for five years together for elementary age kids. So kind of my sweet spot is like six-year-olds. So this is not a jam to like be on stage talking to adults. So give me grace through this talk. Um, so when I first had Brayden, I pulled back to part-time work. I'm the wedding coordinator at Watermark now, which is really fun. Um, and I kind of dove into every resource that Watermark offered. So Square One, a religiously came to the nest. And every resource that I got, I put in this ginormous binder. This is all Watermark stuff. And um, when I had Brayden, it seemed manageable. Had Brooks under two years, still seeing manageable. Then I had Nixon 18 months later, and I was just totally overwhelmed. It's just too much. So I kind of started over, and I said, okay, we're going to do something practical. My boys have, like, the attention span of, like, a squirrel. So it has to be short and simple, one truth, and we're going to do one or two activities for each holiday. So I'm going to go through what we do as a family. If you're one of those moms that was like me when I first had Brayden, that you just want like a buttload of information. You have a packet. It is chock full of activities. I think there's like 25 for Christmas, 20 for Thanksgiving. It's filled with like a ton of stuff. And so, and, and that's all watermark resources. And so take that home, use it. Um, but I really hope that y'all aren't like overwhelmed because when I had several on the ground and now I'm still overwhelmed. So I'm trying to make this simple and fun. So the first holiday, Oh, I'm this. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> it's Halloween. So this is kind of a, can be a controversial um, holiday. Even in my house, my husband hates Halloween. He thinks it is yucky and evil. And when he grew up, his family never let the kids dress up. And so I kind of put fun in him because <laughs> they, like, begged one year to dress up. His parents finally compromised and said, okay, you can dress up. But we're, gonna, we're not going trick-or-treating because it's unsafe. We're, we're going to go to, like, a fall festival at church. And they said, you can dress up, but you have to dress up as a biblical character. So <laughs> him and his brother and sister dress up as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> Whereas my family erred on the side of, like, probably too yucky, like, you know, cobwebs all over the house. Like, we just celebrated holidays big. So when we got married, um, he was just like, I don't know how I feel about Halloween. And Todd, from the pulpit every year, he also has a real truth real quick on how to celebrate Halloween as a believer. 
And he talks about that it's the one holiday that you can really focus on outreach with your neighbors because you literally go door to door knocking, the neighbor comes out, and you have a chance to like conversate with people that you've never met before. And so I was like, see how the pastor even likes it. Like, let my kids dress up, and he's fine with it. Um, I keep forgetting that I'm doing this. So when Brayden was young, Sophie and then another one of our neighborhood friends, we decided to do the pumpkin gospel. And it's your very, I think it's the first page of the packet. And Jeannie Cox created this. It's titled the pumpkin gospel. And it is so good. I'm going to give you kind of like the high level just for the sake of time. Um, but all of the points, she's got like 12 points on how to do it, and it's all backed up with scripture. So we, Sophie and Jen and I, one of my friends, we posted one thing on social media. We put something in our front yards. Come out. We're going to do the pumpkin gospel. And um, so the high level view of the pumpkin gospel, okay, true story. I had a pumpkin that I had carved, and for the sake of time, I did it this past weekend. And it was in my office. And yesterday, I went to go get all my props. And I just really quickly, like, grabbed the pumpkin. Collapses. Juices, like, flow everywhere. So fast. So fast. So I brought these little guys. They're just, you know, obviously not real. So sorry that I didn't have the actual pumpkin carved. Um, but we invited our neighbors out. And it was so neat because, I mean, we're outside with three boys all day, every day. And people just came out that I had never met before. We've been living there for five years. So I got to meet all these new moms. And um, Sophie kind of pioneered this. We go to our local public school. And the last couple years, we've invited the kids from Lake Highlands Elementary to come over. We do the pumpkin gospel with them. And so that's been a really sweet tradition. Um, so you get a pumpkin. You open it up, carpet. Your carving tools are the Holy Spirit, because we can't be transformed without the Holy Spirit and God's Word. You get out all the yucky insides, and I think it's good to have the kids come up and actually get It's fun for them, too, because it's gross. And for them to confess. And when they get their yuck, you have a trash can, and you put all the insides of the pumpkin in there. You talk about how that's their sin. And they confess. They say, last night I disobeyed my mom, or... It was unkind to my sister. And they put all their sin in there. And then you flip it around and you say, because Jesus died on the cross, we're forgiven and we're free. And all of our yuck is on. And then you get a light and you put it inside the candle, which is Jesus. And obviously the last part is talking about how the light, we, we, we are called to share the light of Christ to other people. And Jeannie added a couple things that I think is really fun. She does two crosses as the eyes a heart as the nose, and then a smiley face. And the two crosses are that once we proclaim the name of Jesus, our eyes are transformed, and we see people as Jesus sees people. Even the bullies and people that are in prison, that we love God's people because God loves them, and he died for every single one of them. And then the nose is, the cross-shaped nose is we are the aroma of Christ, which is found in 2 Corinthians, and then the smile, which I think this is really good too to share, is we have the joy of the Lord even during pain and suffering. And explaining to the kids that once you accept Jesus, it's not like you have a carefree life. In fact, it's the opposite. The one thing that we're guaranteed from Scripture is that we're going to have pain and suffering. Um, and so it was just really sweet this past year. So we, you know, just said, hey, raise your hand. 
hand if you go to church and there's four kids that had never set foot in church. And um, she's like, that's okay. And you know, she shared the story, the pumpkin gospel, and wrote her name down. And I was just thinking, like, one faithful mom went into a public school and used that opportunity to share the gospel. And so this is just a really easy, practical thing that you can do with your neighborhood, public school, your own family, your community group. So that is the pumpkin gospel. The next holiday is Thanksgiving. Oh, so this is the sheet in your packet. Okay, so I have really bad handwriting. <laughs> and I posted this picture because one of my girlfriends, she has like a little side business and she has this amazing calligraphy. And she's like, when she came over my house, she's like, do you want me to write the Bible verse on your mirror for you? I was like, no. And so I, I'm posting this to tell you that I'm not the most creative Everything that I do, honestly, most of the time is not Instagram worthy. It's just, but it is fun. And, you know, I'm doing the best I can to teach my kids little nuggets of truth. So during Thanksgiving on November 1st, leading up to Thanksgiving Day, we do a thankful tree. This is also in your packet. Um, I went to the Dollar Tree and bought pumpkins and leaves and apples. And at night, before we eat dinner, I have the kids say what they're thankful for, and they write it on a card, and then put it on, thank God for them, and then put it on the thankful tree. Um, this past year, we used Christmas cards, because my three-year-old, he can't really articulate what he's thankful for, besides food. I think he said food, like, the first five times. Thankful for food, 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 food. So I got out the old Christmas cards, and he can look through those, and he's like, oh, I'm thankful for my best friend, Maddie, or I'm thankful for Gigi. And so I used last year's Christmas cards, and we cut out the pictures and put it on the pumpkin or the apple and have them put it on the wall. The second activity that we do with my family, um, which is pretty fun, is we use crescent rolls. We serve them every Thanksgiving. And before you cook the crescent roll, you write down on a slip of paper every person that's around the Thanksgiving table, and then you bake, you wrap, you wrap the piece of paper or the crescent roll over that, bake them, and then you pass around the crescent rolls around the table, you open it up, and I could have my brother Ryan. And so I have to say one thing that I'm thankful for for Ryan. We've also done questions in the past, which has been really fun, like, what was your high or low? Just trying to like facilitate good conversations around Thanksgiving, which is fun. Okay, so Christmas is my favorite holiday. I love it. I do go a little crazy during Christmas time. We do the Jesse Tree, um, which we use the Advent Jesse Tree book by Lambert. Um, I like this one because it has a Devo for each day for the month of December, but it has an adult Devo and then it has a kid's Devo. So we do this every night, and then we put the ornament on the tree, and then they get to open up one little crescent. And in the crescent is like a slip of paper, which tells them the activity that they're going to do the next day. So at the beginning, really mid-November, I take this blank template, and then by the time that I'm done figuring out all the activities, it's like full of activities. You do one activity a day, and they are so easy. Like it might be like eating candy cane and staying in your pajamas all day long. So they're not these crazy big activities. But it is kind of a fun way, a fun way to 
do the Jesse Tree and Kids Love activities, and they love opening up gifts. If y'all want this, I didn't put this in the packet because the packet would be like 85 pages long. But I'm happy to send y'all the activities we do, the really simple and the template that I use every year. Um, just shoot me an email. It's M McKee, M N C K E E, at watermark.org. I'm happy to send this to y'all. So these are a couple of things that we do during the month of December. So December 1, we always go by a Christmas tree and we um, decorate the Christmas tree just with lights and the star because my kids are little and they decorate like every one of um, I did want to tell you about this sweet book, Crystal Bowman. She is an author that has a book for like every single holiday and it explains why we do what we do during the holiday in light of Christ. So it explains why we put the star on the top of the tree and the meaning of um, the candy cane and that the red is because of the blood of Christ and then it's white because we're forgiven and free. She's just, and it's so simple. It's a picture book, like a couple words, three-year-olds can get it. It's really, really great. So that's what we do the December 1st. And then this is the Advent wreath. And so the first year that Brayden and Brooks could like really understand and grasp Christmas, I had like huge plans. We were going to breathe Luke 2, and you know, it was going to be so fun and beautiful. And it was awful. Like, they literally screamed from like 7 in the morning until they went to bed at 8 o'clock at night. They had presents from us, they had presents from their grandparents. We do a cousin exchange, so they had presents from their cousins. And it was just, honestly, I think they were overwhelmed, overstimulated. They probably could only eat sugar for 48 hours. And it was just a disaster. And so I'm like, hey, we're not doing this anymore. And so for our family, we give the boys four gifts, and they get it the four Sundays leading up to Christmas. So to just kind of eliminate, like, some of the greed. And we use the Advent ring. And so they light the candle, and then on Sunday they get one gift. And we always do, this is, I totally stole this from Jeannie Cox, but um, something they want, something they need, a surprise and a book. And they're not big presents, like something they need could be like Christmas a few days or something. But they love it. And the only way that they get to light the advent candle is if we've done the Devo every single night. So also another way to just kind of make sure that we're staying on track with learning about God's word. We always do happy birthday to Jesus because I think for the first, like, three years, you know, you ask, like, why do you celebrate Christmas? I, I think my brother-in-law was like, hey, why do you celebrate Christmas? And my boys, they'd be like, Santa, yes! I'm like, I'm trying. I know I'm feeling this parent. And so I feel like this is a great way to kind of remind them, like, we celebrate Christmas because Jesus was born. That's true. Sorry, y'all. Um, an easy one that my kids love. We don't do the expensive nativity, but I, I pull this out every year. Even my six-year-old plays with this. Just a nativity scene. Um, every year we watch the Polar Express. Um, so kind of, I try to have a theme for the holidays. And so for um, Halloween, I really try to do outreach. Thanksgiving, I try to work on like having a thankful heart leading up to Advent season. Christmas, because it's, my kids 
get trapped into like discontentment and it's all about me and stuff, selfishness, I really try to do service. So like half the activities on our sheet is serving other people. And so one year we made like strawberry butter for the people that we rub shoulders with but that we don't know well. So like our mailman and where we drop off our dry cleaners. We do this, this is my favorite tradition. Um, our community group goes to a nursing home every year, and we bake cookies, we show up in our PJs, we hand out cookies and sing Christmas carols. And it's so simple and so sweet. Every, all the old people just, like, love it. I mean, it's just, like, precious. There's this old man in an electric wheelchair, and he, every year, he, like, has the kids get on this electric wheelchair, and he'll be, like, singing and ringing the bells. And Sophie and I are just like, oh, my pretty still there. It's going to be getting older. But it's just a really fun tradition. Um, one year, we put our kids down at like 5.30. And we're like, they go to sleep. And then we came in like 15 minutes later, woke them up with all these bells. And jumped in the car. There's hot cocoa in your city cups. And then we went to Uptown with a couple of our friends and rode the trolley. Totally free. They still talk about it. They love it. That's a really, really fun activity. So this is a little bit more labor-intensive, but it, it's my favorite thing that we've ever done during Advent season. We acted out Luke 12, and I would recommend if y'all have the Jesus Storybook Bible, this is so good. We read from this, from Luke 12, instead of just reading from the actual Bible, because it can get pretty wordy. Um, we had the kids dress up. Mason was baby Jesus. Uh, that's my husband, who is the angel. My brothers, my three brothers were the wise men. And it was so sweet because half my family doesn't know the Lord. And this was a really great opportunity for, I mean, they've heard the gospel. They went to Canada camps, grew up in a Christian home. But half of them, you know, do not proclaim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so this was such a sweet Christmas because we did this. It was so fun. The kids loved it. We read from the Bible. And then it facilitated all of these really easy layup conversations about Jesus. And so just saying, like, right after this, you know, asking, like, hey, did y'all go to church this morning? And, you know, with, or at least for me, with family, I can share the gospel with a homeless man. But when it comes to my brothers, I just get, like, so nervous and they get defensive. And so this was the sweetest Christmas because it facilitated so many great spiritual conversations. That's my dad. He was King Herod. Um, okay, so I posted this picture. I was in charge of, um, I do this little thing with my, um, some of my friends called Chapel School, and I was in charge of doing the cooking for the kids on Christmas. And I don't even know how to get on Pinterest, but some people had sent me these Pinterest pictures, and they're like, oh, this would be so easy to do this. And on the right, obviously, are the Pinterest pictures, and then on the left is what it looks like. And I posted this just to show y'all that, like, nine times out of ten, these activities that we do, like, fail. But, like, the kids, the biggest thing is just take one little nugget. I feel like sometimes we try to overdo it and try to make everything, like, Instagram-worthy. And I would just say, like, throw that in the trash, give them one nugget, and make it fun. And guess what? They got to eat cookies, and they loved it. It was so fun. Easter, okay, we do two activities during Easter. This is well worth the $12 or whatever it is. The resurrection eggs, you can get them off Amazon. And then we also get Benjamin's box. So 
Leading up to the 12 days before Easter, the resurrection eggs tell the story of the resurrection. And um, every night, we hide the egg, we read the story, the kids have to go find the egg, and then they open it up and they show the picture. So like, this symbol is the donkey. And they have to explain, hey, what, what happened with the donkey? Jesus rode in on the donkey. And I just think this holiday, yes, we go really, really big on Christmas, but kids need to understand the resurrection story. So most kids, if you ask them, what does it mean to be a Christian? They'll say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. Very few will say, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and he died and resurrected, and he came back three days later. Without Easter, without the resurrection, we have no faith. It's, it's just, there was a wise man named Jesus, a prophet, that lived a good life, and he died for us. And that's it. And so I want my kids, every year in Easter, it's just repetition talking about the resurrection. So a good visual that we do is, again, we use crescent rolls, and you take a marshmallow, and that's Jesus. And in Jewish tradition, they would cover a dead body with oil and spices. So you take the marshmallow, dip it in butter, and you talk about you know, the Jewish tradition, and then you cover it in oil and spices. You say, when Jesus died, he went in the tomb. And you cover the marshmallow with the crescent roll. And then you bake it, and then you, and then you talk about the resurrection story. And then what happened? Was Jesus there? And then what happened? Did he rise up again? And what happened to days later? And then you take the crescent rolls out, and you open it, the marshmallow just melts it, and they don't see it anymore. And like every, we do it every year. And every year, the kids are like, oh, like it's a magic show or something. They love it. So this is just a really good visualization to show, to explain to them the resurrection. So I think Easter is really, really important to kind of do that repetition. Summer! Okay, so in your packets, there is a backyard Bible. Um, she, Mary McGuire and I made that. That's really good to kind of do, I think, outreach with your neighborhood. I know she did it with her community group. And, like, it's so simple. It's one activity, one craft, and a snack. And so use that. I think that's a really great resource. Um, right after that is the Significant Summer Packet from last year. That has another a whole bunch of great activities to do. I think what to keep in mind, so we go, my family goes to the lake every year. And my mom kind of asked me six years ago if I would do a little Bible study with the kids while we're there. And I took the memory verses that y'all already have for starting blocks, just because my kids were already practicing that. I went to the dollar store. I was like, okay, what can I do for Psalm 119, 105? What can I do for this? I probably spent $20, and we have a ton of, like, nieces and nephews. So that was like, I mean, I had a lot of junk for $20 from the dollar store. And then I just implemented what we were already going to do that day to a memory verse. I didn't, like, create all new activities. So um, this is just a picture of some of the activities we did with the cards. So Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. We did, like, a creation boat ride. So they had to go find things that were alive. and talked about that Jesus created, or God created all of this. And we had to memorize the Bible verse. Um, one day it was raining, and so we just talked about serving other people. So this is really sweet. All the dads painted the little girls' toenails. Psalm 119.105, we do this every year. It is my nieces and nephews' favorite tradition. We do flashlight tag, 
And I literally go spend like four dollars, get everybody a flashlight back from the Dollar Tree, and the kids get to stay up late. But they have to memorize the Bible verse to play the game. And again, half of my family don't go to church. So this is really the only time that my nieces and nephews get to hear about God. Uh, this is Fourth of July, you can use Psalm 119, 105. So that's my brother in the picture. He came to me and was like, hey, I want to shave my head for the summer. Um, is there a Bible verse you can think about to have the kids like involved in that? I was like, I'm sure we can figure out something. So we did Matthew 10, which says, even the very hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than sparrows. And we had the kids, each one, go and shave their head. They thought that was really silly and fun. And then every year we do something to share the gospel. And I mean, this picture I could just cry looking at. So my brother um, is in the far right. Him and his partner have a little boy. And um, every year he is, my brother is super creative. He's not a believer, but he always helps me with all the activities. And so every year when we do some type of gospel presentation, like he's sitting there with his son doing the Romans Road. And even though, like, his head knowledge hasn't gone to his heart, I just think, okay, Lord, just praying those seeds, the Holy Spirit would just release the shackles that, and the scales that are on the side. So that's just been really, really sweet to watch. And again, it's so not defensive when you involve kids. Because it's just a fun activity to do. That concludes our talk. I know I went so fast. I want to make sure we have time for everything. Does anybody have any questions? with their flashlight, and then if they find you, and you can move, so it's like hide and seek, but you can move, and so if the person flashes you, then you join them, and you make like a bigger flashlight to find someone else, and they get so creative, y'all, like, I mean, sometimes we're like, okay, Riley, really, come out, like, we're nervous, there's water, like, are you alive, so it's really sweet and fun, it's fun to be, So like on February we'll put this out, which has um, 
First John 419, talk about that. Um, and then this is just like a visual. So while they're eating, just that, because again, my boys, like, I always kind of laugh when, <laughs> and I think it's good when mentor moms are like, it's not important for you to sit at the table and eat, which I agree. Ours is like four minutes long, dinner. Like we sit and then we got like four minutes before they like eat everything and then they're done. Like they just, yeah, are kind of busy. And so it's a good way to remind me like, okay, let's talk about intentional stuff. Okay, Easter's coming up. Brooks, can you tell me what this picture means? And tell Daddy what we did with the Crescent Rolls. So it has every holiday. You can order them online. Table truths. We can buy a Logos. Or we can buy a Logos. Does anybody have any other questions? Awesome. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. With, like, the kids being so young, when did you mm-hmm. actually kind of start Totally. I think that's a great question. So like I said, I got like really overwhelmed with all the resources. And so even your like little bitties, it's still fun to like for them to do like fine motor skills. Like even two-year-olds like wrap up the marshmallow, even though they're not really grasping all of the truths that you're teaching them. It's a fun activity. And you'll find that your younger kids will seem older if you have older kids. Like so my three-year-old acts like a five-year-old. And so your oldest is going to kind of like lead as far as once he gets it, then you're going to get a little bit more detail. And so still your three-year-old's not going to get everything your seven-year-old's going to get. But there is still like a fun activity. And and I just, I think it's so important to keep it simple. I mean, you know with my seven-year-old, I'm like, one thing, like God loves you. That's it. Can, can you say God loves you? You know, just like little, little snippets of it. And this, I mean, they've been putting ornaments on for five years, and they had no idea what was going on when we were reading this, like nothing. But it was still good practice for Josh and I, and now it's a tradition. And so now that they do understand, they expect like every day in December, we get to point and put an ornament on. And Nixon gets like maybe one of the five stories, but my older kids are getting it now. So it's really just starting a tradition. 